Hello, happy happy Friday! Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the sound of my voice. This is Rachel. From him, through him, and to him are all things. To him be the glory, both now and forever. How is your Black Friday? Have you shopped until you dropped? I read a tweet this morning from Stephen Lawson. He is a pastor at Trinity Bible Church in Dallas, Texas. This is what he wrote. Black Friday occurred 2,000 years ago when God made his son to be sin for his people upon the cross. That's Steve's Black Friday to all of us. Another pastor from England wrote, Be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. He picked that up from Luke 12, verse 15. So those two messages for Black Friday, they spoke to me greatly and I pray that they speak to you. First, there is only one Black Friday that occurred 2000 years ago when Christ went on the cross. We are told from around 12 to 3 in the afternoon it was completely dark. The sun did not give light for those three hours. It was true Black Friday. Steve reminded us of that. Then Michael from England, Michael Leaves, tell us, hey, life does not consist material procession because that's what people do. And we have a warning here that we are to guard against all covetousness. These cells are very tempting, right? 60% that, 70% this. You grab all the stuff that you don't need. And maybe if you did not even go to a store, you, you wouldn't even think about them. But these cells are so tempting that you keep piling on your shopping cart. And then you get home and you realize, actually, you don't need any of those things. Um, so be on guard against all covetousness. Today's lesson is going to come to us from the book of Luke again. This is chapter 17. And these are the words of our Lord concerning his second coming. I studied this morning and I was enlightened to share with you so we can all live in light of his second coming because the Lord is coming. Okay. One thing that I learned or I've been reminded this morning is the Lord is coming back. 
So let us read. This is Luke 17 from verse 20 to 37. And then we're going to discuss for a few minutes, okay? All right. So here Jesus just healed 10 lepers. Um, of lepers, we all know a person with lepers were cast away from the society they were supposed to live in secluded they were not supposed to be in public they were supposed to be away from the public because the disease was so contagious contagious that when a person have it they have to be cast away from society um so these these 10 lepers they live their lives in seclusion for whoever how long they had that disease uh, so here they saw Jesus Jesus was passing by between Samaria and Galilee that's verse 11 tell us uh, we're told that he entered the village in on his way to Jerusalem uh, and there was those 10 lepers and they pray. They ask Jesus, they say, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, what did he tell them? He say, go show yourself to the priests. And the Bible tells us, as they were going, they were cleansed. So he told them about the law of Moses where people with lepros, when they are healed, when they are cleansed, they are supposed to go and show themselves to the priest. The priest will examine them uh, and they're going to give a sacrifice and then now they're going to be brought back. If once the priest determined they are clean, they are no longer contagious, contagious to the society, then he will pronounce them, they can return back to the society. They can they will be back to the to be members of society. They are no longer living in secluded places. So here they asked Jesus to have mercy on them. He didn't heal them right there, but he told them, just go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were healed. They believed Jesus' word. They started going to the priest, even though they were, at that point when they, they were turning to go, they were not yet healed, but they went anyway. They believed his word. As they were going, they got healed. And we are told here that a Samaritan, they say that um, now one of them, verse 15, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back and glorifying God with a loud voice. So one of them, one of those 10, returned to Jesus to give thanks, to praise God. And he was so overjoyed, he was shouting with a loud voice. And we are told that he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. The Bible made sure it tell us that the person who returned was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered him and said, Were they not ten cleans, but the nine? Where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to the, the man who came back, 
to glorify him, to give thanks. Stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. So that's the act that he did on his way to Jerusalem in between those villages of Samaria and Galilee. And then we are told here, so now verse 20, where we're going to start with our today's message, that now having been questioned by the Pharisees, see the Pharisees, they're always there questioning Jesus. As to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. By the way, he just did one sign right there. He healed a lepros. A disease was considered incurable. But he just healed. That's one of the signs. But Jesus said them here, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. <laughs> no, by the way, the Jews were waiting for the signs. They're waiting for the sign. They are still waiting to this day for the sign, for God to show them a sign that the kingdom of, of God has come. So verse 21 tells us, Nor will they say, Look here, it is, or there, it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Jesus told the Pharisee, Hey, the kingdom has already come. It's in, the, in your midst. The very message he told the Pharisee is the same message he's telling this generation. The kingdom of God is in your midst. Do you see it? Do you see it? Verse 22, and he said to the disciples, the days will come when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. They will say to you, look there, look here. Jesus warned, do not go away and do not run after them. For just like the lightning, when it flashes out of one part of the sky, shines to the other part of the sky, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And just as it happened in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, they were being given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same as it happened in the days of Lot. They were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling, they were planting, they were building. But on the day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just the same on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, the one who is on the rooftop, housetop, and whose goods are in the house, must not go down to take them out. And likewise, the one who is in the field must not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to keep his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will preserve it. 
I tell you, on that night, there will be two in one bed, one will be taken, and the other will be left. There will be two women grinding at the same place, one will be taken, and the other will be left. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken, and the other will be left. Answering, they say to him, Where, Lord? And he said to them, Where the body is, there also the virtues will be gathered. That is the word of God today. So I want us to observe a few things. And the reason this message is so timely for today, especially on Black Friday, Jesus is saying, the day that he's coming back will be just a normal day, a normal like today. People will be drinking, people will be eating, people will be giving to marriages, people will be planting and building, people will be buying and selling. It will be just a normal, regular day. There will be no sign given. You will not see anything strange or unusual the day that he's coming we will not see anything alarming and it's not like he gonna come to a certain location where somebody gonna say hey come Jesus have dropped he's right there in New York City or in Jerusalem or in South Africa or in Argentina or in China Come, let us go to China now. Jesus have come. No, it will not be like that. It will not be like that. He will not say like, let me drop at the White House. Huh? Or let me drop at Jeff Bezos' house. Or let me go at Bill Gates' bunker. And then Bill will start saying, oh, come here, Jesus has come. No, it will not be like that. It will be just a normal, regular day. You go to work. For those who are getting married, they'll be getting married, preparing to get married. For those who needed to harvest, they will go to the farm to prepare for harvest. For those who need to milk cows, they will go to their barn and milk the cows. For those who are podcasting, they'll be taking the equipment to podcast. And the Lord will show up. What struck me, a few things here that I want to highlight. For example, he said, verse 22, first of all, with the Pharisees, they asked him, when will that day be? And he answered them, hey, when the kingdom was coming, that's the Pharisee asked. And Jesus said, there will be no signs to show you that the kingdom is coming first of all the kingdom is already in your midst jesus is saying i am the kingdom and i'm already here so i don't know what else you guys need that's the answer he was he gave them and once he was done with the pharisees now he was talking to his disciples and he told them verse 22 the days will come when you will long to see the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. 
remember that he was talking to the disciple before he went on the cross, before his death and ascension. He was speaking to them before the conclusion of his earthly ministry. And he was he said this word, the days will come when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man. So we are learning here that there is days of the Son of Man. There are days of the Son of Man. It's not one, it's not two, it's several or many days. They use plural. The days of the Son of Man exist or will exist. At least he was telling the disciples that they are coming. There will be days you will long to see them. When are those days of the Son of Man? And verse 23 tells us that they will say to you, look there. Look here. People be saying, look there. Look here. And Jesus said, do not go away and do not run after them. That's the days of the Son of Man. People will be saying, hey, look there. Look here. He said, don't be alarmed. But he was telling them, you will long to see, but you will not. So he was speaking to the first generation, first century believers, disciples, before he was crucified, before the work of the cross, right? So at that point, the days of the Son of Man has not yet come. Because if they, they came, he would not say, you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man. And then he said on this 24, just like the lightning, when it flashes out of one part of the sky, shines to the other part of the sky, so will the Son of Man be in his day. Now, in his day is singular, not plural. So there is days of the Son of Man and there is his day, one day, which is one single day. Verse 25 say, but, but first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. So here he is telling us that the days of the Son of Man will not come until first he suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. What generation? The generation he was speaking to. The generation of that, the disciples. That first century generation. And I believe he was telling them you will long to see but you will not see them it because he knew that the, in fact there are many of them died before his resurrection. Uh, some of them died after the days of the Lord Jesus started after he finished his work, his earthly ministry. When he went to heaven, seated at the right hand of God, his days started at that point. 
And he said, many will, will long to see the days of the Son of Man. I believe the first century, he said many, not all. So some of them would see, but many of them would not see it. So many people died at that point. Some of the disciples died being between his death, burial, resurrection, even ascension to heaven. But some of them, of course, lived and they saw the days of the Son of Man. They did saw it. They saw the days, but they have not seen the day. From that first century to this day, most of us have seen the days of the Son of Man. We are living in the days of the Son of Man. But we are longing for the day of the Son of Man. And that day is coming. These are not the days of Muhammad. They are not the days of Krishna or Buddha or any of these false gods in this false religion. And I specifically say Muhammad because we are going through this conflict in the Middle East right now. Hamas is have done some stuff that are unthinkable. Um and because they are promoting their religion, they are promoting their superiority, they, are, they think they are doing a good deed to destroy the Jewish people. Uh, be alarmed. Be warned. Take heed that we are living in the day of the Son of Man, in the days of Jesus Christ. These are his days. There was, at some point, the days of Moses. There was the days of Elijah. There was the days of the judges. There was the days of John the Baptist. There was the days of um, the days of Noah. Jesus just mentioned them here. The days of Lot. He just mentioned them here. This from first century until now, this age of grace, these are the days of Jesus Christ. These are the last day and the days of Jesus. There will be no any other days after this. So we are living in the days of Jesus. Let that be a reminder to you and to me today. But one day, one day, they're going to be a day of the Lord Jesus Christ. The day that he will be revealed. So, he said on verse 25, but first he must suffer many things and he be rejected by this generation which it happened and then he continued to say and just as it happened in the days of Noah it will also it will be also in the days of the son of man and then what happened in the days of Noah he said they were eating and they were drinking they were marrying and given to marriages until the day that Noah entered the ark 
and the flood came and destroyed them all. So there was days of Noah's, how many days of Noah? If you read back in the book of Genesis, we are told that Noah preached the gospel, built the ark for 120 years. So the days of Noah were 120 years. 120 years. That's a long time for the promise of flood to come down. And what people were just thinking they were sitting there waiting for the flood? No. They continue with their days. Every day it comes and go, they're like, oh wow, Noah, you're crazy. It's, this rain is not coming. I don't know what you're doing. But Noah kept building the ark until, until the day Noah entered that ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. He went on to say, it was the same as it, it was the same as it happened in the days of Lot. They were eating, they were drinking, buying, they were selling, they were planting, they were building. But on the day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. The common denominator here, two things I see. First, there were days of these two people, the days of Noah and the days of Lot. And both of them in, in their time, people were just eating and drinking and doing their regular stuff that they always do, sinning, okay? But Noah preached, warning them. We, we don't have a record of Lot preaching, but we are told that he was, Peter wrote in some place that he was, his soul was so tortured by the sins of Sodom. And most likely he was warning them and telling them, brother, stop this madness, stop this sin. But they were just brushing off. Remember when the angel came, they told Lot, give these men to us so we may know them. What did the Lord say? Take my daughters. Don't do this wickedness thing. Take my own virgin daughters. But they wanted to even rape Lot himself. So Jesus is telling us, it's going to be the same thing in the days of the Son of Man. People will continue to eat and drink and do wickedness, do the stuff they do every day, until, until, until. So we are told, until Noah entered the ark, and until Lot was taken, like he left Sodom. On the day that Lot went out from Sodom, verse 29. And what happened? fire rain from heaven what happened with noah it rained the flood the water it did and what happened to both of these two society in their days they were destroyed the end of them both was destruction jesus is saying verse 30 it will be just the same on the day that the son of man is revealed so there's a day Jesus will be revealed. We are living in the days of Jesus, but there's one day that he will be revealed. In that day, we are told, someone will be on the housetop, whose good are inside the house. 
Jesus say, you must not go down. He say another one will be in the field. It will be in the farm. He say, do not go back. That day will come. Do not even go back to your house from the farm. Stay there where you are. And then he gave us an example of Lot's wife. You know what happened to Lot's wife? When Lot was leaving Sodom, him and his daughters and his wife, they were warned by angels not to look back. We are told Lot's wife looked back to see what's going on in Sodom. She turned into the pillar of salt. So that's the warning Jesus is giving us. If you're on top of the roof, stay there. Don't even go down. If you go down, you're going to become a pillar of salt. He's not saying you're going to become a pillar of salt, but he's saying you're going to be destroyed. The same thing, if you're on the farm in the field, he said that day when it come now, the day that the Son of Man is revealed, do not even dare going back to the house. Stay where you are. Don't even listen to people who say, oh, Jesus is right there. Look. Look here. Don't even look. And the he said if the history you can remember what happened to Lord's wife. She lost her life. And he said this is what's going to happen that day. Two people be sleeping in one bed. Maybe it's husband and wife. One will be taken, one will be left. Two women will be grinding. He's talking about that society they were grinding, you know, grain and stuff. He said women will be doing this activity. One will be taken, one will be left. You can take today like two girlfriends going shopping or having a cup of coffee or, you know, lunch, girlfriend lunch. One will be taken and one will be left. We are told two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. So his disciples say, they ask him, he, they say, where, Lord, where? I guess they were asking where, 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 where this will happen? Where? Uh, they, I don't even get this question. And answering, they say to him, where, Lord? That's all they ask, where? Where? Where will this take place? Where this will happen? Where? And he said to them, where the body is, there also the virtues will be gathered. In other words, Jesus will not come back in a certain specific location. He will not like come back. If people, he's, he already warned us not to listen to people say, look here, look there, go here, go there. He said, he warned us against that. So these people were asking, so where, where, sh like, where are you going to be? Where are you going to come? So we know. And Jesus said, where the body is, there also the vultures will gather. Where the body is, there also the birds will be gathered. So what he's saying is, where you are, you stand right there. The Lord will meet you right where you are. It will not be some special location, some special place. It will be exactly where you are. Don't be alarmed. Don't be lied to. Don't let somebody steal from you or cheat your salvation by telling you, hey, let's go there. That's where the Lord is. He say, no, no, where you are, right there. I'll meet you right where you are. So 
in light of all this, how would you conduct your life knowing that the Lord can come any day, any time? Like every single day should be lived as if the Lord is coming. Like what do you want him if you knew that the Lord is coming a certain day, what do you, you do? What do you do? How would you prepare yourself? I'm sure some of you, you wear your makeup and and, and look good and shower and, and buy a new dress, stuff like that, and your shoes. Like almost you, you're going to church. Like the Lord is coming. Like somebody, the most important person you have ever met. He is the Lord after all, and somebody we will worship forever. He is God, and He is coming. If He told you He is coming a certain date, what you'd be doing? Some of you would be like Martha, preparing food and for feast. Like when He comes, you find your house so clean, spotless, and the food is ready. To, to for him, okay, make a cup of coffee and, and all kind of delicacies. But after all, it's the last day. Probably you're going to spend a lot of money to prepare for that day, right? Um, what about you men? What you be doing? The same thing, you're going to shave. You're going you, you, to look your best. Maybe you're going to even start a diet or something. So you, you stay nice in shape, you know, you're going you're gonna to go to the gym and stuff like that. Like so many of us, well, just think this way, the president of the United States is visiting your house. What do you do? Of course, you're going to clean, you're going to make it look nice, you're going to present everything in the best way possible, right? Now this is the God of the universe. He's coming. Um... And he's telling you, you don't need to move. You don't. He will not come to a special occasion. He will come right where you are. So that made it easy. There's no need to travel. There'll be no traveling. He removed that headache of making travel arrangement, right? So what do you do? The best thing you can do probably is you just want to buy as much food as you can to make a big feast, right? And to, to dress to look your best. Um, but here, this Bible tells us that he, Jesus himself said that no one will know when he's coming. We don't know when he was, he's coming. None of us will know. In fact, people will be, you will not even have time to brush your teeth time to go back home and 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 worship or let's say you are from the farm you are you are in the farm or you are at work depending what kind of work maybe you sweat and stuff like you smell it too you you will not even have time to go back home to take shower because you don't know he will come like a thief in the night some of the passage tell us and it, I think it's good that way because if we knew when he's coming, um, we probably would spend our money foolishly. We probably um, do other foolish things. We probably not care 
how we live right now because maybe he's not coming for the next 20 years or for even for the next 300 years or even for the next 3000 years so he's going to come when most of us will not even be here so we will not care we will just continue living our lives sinning the way we want but not knowing when he's coming is to make us prepare for his return at any moment so the question is how would you want him to find you when he comes and that's how you should be live your life every single day for the rest of your life that's what this message is that however you want the lord to find you that's how you should live and conduct yourself every single moment for the rest of your life i, I heard that martin luther was asked how will it how will he conduct himself if he knew that the lord is coming today that was his days when he was alive he said i will plant a tree and I'll pay my taxes. That's Martin Luther. He said, I will plant a tree and pay my taxes. Why are you paying your taxes when you are leaving the earth? He, in other words, he was saying, I really don't know when the Lord is coming, but I'm going to live my life every day expecting he will find me faithful. Faithful in his earthly life until he comes and one of the things one of the obligation that he had was to make sure he pay his taxes and he gonna plant the tree you know god we are told that he gonna destroy this planet with brimstone okay so why martin luther is planting the tree he's saying he's planting the tree because he said I don't know when the Lord is coming, so I'm going to continue to live my life every day by just being faithful to Him. I don't know about you, but the passage convicted me today. Like, I don't want the Lord to come find me sinning. I don't want the Lord to come find me angry with somebody. I don't want the Lord to come and find me I have not forgiven someone. I don't want to um, the Lord to come and find me um, doing misdeed. I want him to find me blameless in on his sight so that when I, he comes, I stand before him. I will not be ashamed. That's how I want him to find. I want him to find me clean and pure and faithful to the end. It was so refreshing to just see this passage in light of that. Like, live your life as if today is the last day. Now, will I go? It's Black Friday, as I mentioned earlier, as you all know. It's a day most people covet. We go to these stores and buy stuff we don't need. We go running and you can see the horror video. People fighting for stuff. I don't want the Lord to find me doing that. 
if I need to get a sweater because it's cold and the sweater that I had um, out they're, they're no longer useful, fine. It's, it's just a normal regular day. The Lord has blessed me with money to be able to go to a store to buy a sweater because I need that sweater for winter. But I don't want to go to the store for the sake of going because they say the world tell me it's Black Friday and there are so many good deals out there. But I'm home. I didn't go out. And and, and it really... Um, the passage reminded me what is truly important in life is to warn men, to warn people, to prepare our own heart to be right with God and with our fellow men. As I mentioned earlier, we have seen what's going on in, in the Middle East right now. How this group of Hamas tried to destroy Israel and they're even swearing that they will eliminate the Jewish from the face of the earth. Like that's their mandate from who else other than the devil. That's what they want to do. Their mission, they think if they destroy Israel, they will have peace. They will, the, the Middle East will have peace. How sad is that? And who are they working for? What exactly, after they accomplish this, what is their reward? What is their reward? Peace on earth? They will not live forever. The Lord is coming. We know that this passage tells us Jesus is coming back. And this passage tells us we are living in the days of Jesus. So if we are living in the day of Jesus and they do not believe in Jesus Christ, and I have this knowledge, my job is to tell them, guys, you are work and your mission is in vain the end of all this is destruction is permanent separation from God you may think you are doing something noble to destroy a tribe a group of people blaming them for all the chaos in the world sin is the cause of chaos in the world. It's not the Jewish people. The devil is the one who blinded men from seeing the light that is in Christ Jesus, whom we are living in his days. It's not the Jewish people. So this passage taught me or reminded me just to, to tell this Hamas, if anybody who will believe in Hamas, in their activities, we have seen all these protested, protesters, protesters who are supporting Hamas. They are misguided. I pray that they will hear this message and know that we are living in the day of Jesus, not the days of Palestine all the days of Jews, all the days of Muhammad. 
we are living in the days of Jesus. Jesus was the last messenger of God because he's the son of God who was sent to die for our sins. The very sins that is destroying this planet, the very sin that is forming hate for the Jewish, Jewish people. The very sin that massacre the Jews a month ago, taking them captive. If you just stop and listen and pray and ask God like these men of lepers who say, Lord, Master, have mercy on us. Simple prayer, but very effective. They ask for mercy. Would you ask for mercy today? Would you ask Jesus for mercy, to have mercy on you? He will do the same thing he did to these lepers. He will open your eyes to see the truth. He will remove the power of sin and that yoke of bondage of Satan. He will free you from that. You'll be able to see it. And one day, when he comes, you will stand before him blameless and he will welcome you to his kingdom where you will spend eternity with him together with all the saints who have believed throughout all generations from the beginning to the end of the world. It will be a glorious day. It will be a wonderful day. It will be a forever day. The day of bliss that never end. All this chaos will end eventually. And that's the hope we have. And we hope because he promised right in this passage that he is coming. He is coming. Believe. And you'll be safe. In Jesus' name.